0: the Rival and Queen podcast. We are so excited to be here. I'm one of your hosts Ashley
1: and I'm Sarah. Hi Sarah. Happy Thursday. We're
0: together. (laughs) Happy Thursday. The gang. We are. We're back. (laughs) We're doing our thing. We had such an exciting week last week. Holy shit. Wasn't that fun? Literally a week ago from today.
1: We held our first Rival and Queen event and it was bananas. So fun. Blue what we were expecting out of the water. We set a goal to have 25 people come to this event and 70 plus showed up.
0: I think we actually were like, Oh, well, we'll aim for 20. And then I think you said 25 was well, a stretch 25. Let's we can do that, but we not only doubled, <laughs> but almost tripled what we were expecting. So I'm so thank you to everyone who came and participated. We had a blast.
1: And I got to tell you, like, the community is so dope because actually one of the best parts of the event in Zoom was the chat.
0: Like, the chat was Messages on messages on messages. I remember trying to focus on you and Jess and just what was happening, and I would see the orange Zoom chat lighting up, and it would be, like, 35 messages, 45 messages. The
1: messages were hilarious. Like, everyone who listens and comes out to like and who came to our event are like the world's funniest humans I was dying laughing like some of the chats when Jeff was presenting I was just
0: like and the wine was flowing so people were getting and I think people were just happy I know a few of my friends said that they just kept scrolling through the pages to see all the faces because everyone's been having zoom calls and if they're for work or for family or maybe with your friends I don't think you've been on one that that had this many people drinking wine so it was so fun
1: and we had a purpose. We had a purpose together. We learned. Which I think was really yeah. nice. We did learn. We, did we learn. brought back the tongue dip, which I actually made a, a ooh, gif or jif. I always forget this, but I did make a gif of the tongue dip, which I haven't showed you yet, Ashley. So you'll like that one. Maybe we'll share it this week. When ooh, the...
0: that would be amazing. <laughs> I wish I had a wine glass now. <laughs> I it love it. We no, was an exciting week, Sarah.
1: Ashley, congratulations!
0: First R two event. We did it more to Um, come, more to come, more to come. I
1: can't wait. We are going to do more. So if you didn't get to come to the first event, uh, visit our website. We're going to be posting events there when they come out. Rivalinqueen.com.
0: Yeah. And our website came out last week too. So big week for the R&Q community.
1: We're killing it. Ash, I have one question for you. You may have questions. I've got, I've got one question for you this week. What is your going to be your first post COVID meal? Like what is going to be, so like, I don't know when restaurants are going to open. Like we could be two weeks away. We could be like six months away. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I have no facts around this, but whenever that is, what will be the first thing that you are going to go get?
0: Do you mean the first thing I'm going to go get or the first place that I want to go to get it? What kind of food do you want meal? Give me both just tell me because about. in all fairness we do order in once a week just to support typically we'll get like a highwayman cheese board or oblity just mm. to, it feels nice and so i don't really think i need a cheese board anytime in the future because i've been od'ing on the charcuterie and cheese i'm with you oh i want to go somewhere with a great atmosphere and great food but it's going to be a big change because i don't think the atmosphere is going to be the same mind you it's going to feel extravagant no, no, compared don't. to like my kitchen table.
1: Let's not think about realities. Like what experience oh. are you wanting? Like, just tell me what, like today I was craving sushi and I got sushi and it lit me up. Like what is, Ooh, what is that meal? What is that? I want you? to
0: say like a good fit, like something very seafoody and bar kismet coincidentally, maybe because we were just talking about Jess and we worked with her on the event, but I feel like something like that where I can get a mm. really good fresh meal And a really good cocktail that I can't make at home.
1: Oh, so good. A good cocktail. Yeah, that sounds like... I'm going to start saving. I feel like this is going to be a big night out.
0: (laughs) We need to start saving. And we just did a talk on financial mindset. So this is a good point, Sarah.
1: I'm starting to save for my first post-COVID meal when I go out. All the champagne. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Champagne. No, I want the cocktails now that you've sold me on that. All of it.
0: What about you? Where do where do you, you just got sushi, but where do you actually envision yourself going the first time? Well, I was
1: more so thinking about food. Like I've been craving sushi for two weeks and then tonight, um, someone suggested that, that we get it. So well, Katie, someone who's, who's <laughs> this mystery, Mysteries. who's this mystery person telling you woman? what Kate, to eat, Katie, my roommate was like, not like <laughs> secrets <someone>. out. <laughs> Anyways, Katie suggested we get it. And I was like, I've been craving this. Yes. And it was so, like, it hit the spot. I actually mm. wish we had more. I we might have seen a sushi the other day.
0: And it was <laughs> phenomenal. And we ordered the most because I didn't want to feel the way you're feeling. I know that feeling that you wish you had six more pieces. <laughs> Uber. You know what?
1: I'm just going to order a roll while we're, while we're recording <laughs> this. So it's at my door at the top. we done.
0: We we had Fujiyama, which is downtown Halifax, which is great. And they're super, super fast and very fresh. But Sarah, it's 10 o'clock. Are people still
1: girl serving on out? Monday, like the day the restaurants aren't open? Listen, Ash, who knows? We're Times just going to we're just going to try it. Do you know what? It's looking like every sushi place is curly <laughs> clothes. So <laughs> I might be on hold till tomorrow. Anyways. But that's good.
0: You'll look forward to it.
1: I'll look forward to it. Uh, First meal out. Sushi was something I've been missing because I think I had, but I think, um, you know, I asked you this question as if you weren't going to ask me back.
0: (laughs) You're so, you look very confused. I'm perplexed.
1: (laughs) I think I'm going to want like a brunch to be honest, like with cocktails still, but I think
0: like nice coffee.
1: Yeah. Like a long brunch. I I just think that's like the one thing that I can't order in. And although I'm not missing it yet, we've been having pizza every Saturday and I've hit my pizza quota. Sushi was the next thing. I think it's going to be like, hit me up with a serious two hour brunch with all the cocktails, mimosas and someone's driving me home.
0: Uh, We could walk. I will come with you. Yeah. Perfect. That's, That's a good what I'm point. craving. We've been trying to switch up where we get food from when we do order once a week. And it's usually like, oh, we're craving Indian food. We're craving, so we had sushi. You got to mm. kind of like you fantasize it about advance. it for the week. Especially if you want Bar Kismet, because you need to order on Wednesday to get that weekend delivery. So anyone listening that wants some fresh pasta, better Hit get on up. it. Two, yeah. I love that. Oh, food. Ash. I'm hungry. Food. <laughs>
1: this is a great episode we have this week so good it's and i think actually as we're talking about this food it's getting us into a good headspace which is what this episode's all about it's all about that (laughs) this week we have your gal this is a friend of yours ash
0: yeah i've known tara i wanted to call her tara kennedy but she's married she's been married for a while and she's her name is tara forgeron and uh, she's a psychologist in cape breton and I've known Tara since high school, just through mutual friends. And Sarah and I recently reconnected with her just through Instagram. And we wanted to talk to her when COVID first hit because she was always posting some really good mindful tips and ways you can teach yourself at home just to get through tough times. So we had a live with her, which really got you interested in wanting to discover more about her, right, Sarah?
1: Oh my gosh. When you guys had the live, I was so impressed with Tara and her, just like her guide and the helpfulness towards mindset and different things and suggestions that she had. I thought they were so practical and in full disclosure, and we can talk about this or we don't have to talk about this Ash, but you've gone to therapy before. You really like therapy and like, yes, talk and maybe you can share a little bit about about that because I've never gone to therapy. And to be fair, God love Tara, like answering my amateur questions. One of them being like, what the hell happens in a session? Because I've -hmm. I've never, I've never gone to a therapist. I've never gone to a psychologist. I had to even ask her what the difference was between psychiatry, psychology, and counselors. And God love her. She walked us all through that. But I think you've had very positive experiences from therapy. So it was really nice to actually learn more about it maybe you can tell like how did you even find therapy
0: yeah this it is a scary thing and I think people have misconceptions whether they just think what they've seen on tv or people have these astronomically huge problems that they need to go and get professional help and there's all this crying and laying on the couch which is like very dramatic which I mean, my psychologist had a beautiful <laughs> chairs and couches, so I mean, you could lay down and put your feet up. But it's really just understanding. It all comes down to trying to understand your thoughts. That's literally what it comes down to. Be for for me at that time is mm. I was stressing myself out, and I was wondering what direction to go in, and I didn't know. I just needed clarity. And when you actually talk to someone, you you guys will hear. Uh, Tara and how well spoken she is, and how great she is at speaking, is that you just talk to someone that is so clear and level headed about the situation you're going through, but knows really not that much about you. And it's a really interesting connection that you build because someone's literally on your team. You feel like you've made this new friend that is going to help you break down these problems, and they know the best way to do it. And you feel after even one session, you feel 10 times better. Mm. It's the strangest thing. And I think it just all comes back to learning how to arm yourself and prepare yourself for things that you're going through or you're worried about with these strategies that they teach you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's
1: very much about strategies. I was super happy to learn about it because I think you've expressed how helpful therapy has been for you at different times. And again, it's not like something you're going to every week. It's like at different occasions you, you step into it. And even just to learn a little bit about the process. And like Tara said, not every therapist or psychologist is for you. You really take the time to find someone that you can work with and who helps you and empowers you and I it's just been an eye-opening experience it was nice to learn because I know it's been super effective for you and something that you really value
0: absolutely and the girl that I saw off and on for years like Tara even speaks about you only need to go a few times and they give you the tools and resources and books and things to kind of manage it but she she closed her practice and she took a a job with the government which I'm assuming is on like you know the same psychology side of things that she she did in her own practice but I was devastated when I saw that email and I don't think I'll ever find someone that's been a few years since I saw her that I liked as much because you do build this connection it's very interesting
1: Mm, totally I I think too something that would be good about it is like someone who calls you on your shit. And I'm I'm lucky I have a couple mentors. But like, and like God love girlfriends because they do help you get through things. But sometimes you don't want someone who's trying to help you solve the problem and who's going to agree with you. Like it's nice to have an objective person asking you questions because you do make up so much shit and stories in your mind that are assumptions and that are like not necessarily realities. We all do this. And I just think the power of having someone to actually like ask you those questions objectively and who's maybe not, who's on your team. Like they want to help you out, but is not on like the, we're going to let you get away with all this, your shit and all your stories. Like, is it going to at least question you on some of those things? Like, I think that's frigging hugely empowering.
0: And words are so powerful. And you like you just said, you can tell yourself a story or tell yourself whatever to your friends. But when someone actually kind of says, okay, let's talk about that, you have to be prepared to talk about it because that's what you're there to do. And sometimes it's honestly just saying things out loud that you didn't realize. and You say it out loud and you're like, oh, maybe that's why I've been stressing about this and I don't need to worry. It, it's very powerful. So anyone that has seen a psychologist or any type of coach of so, any sort that um, hopefully you, you've all had positive experiences. But Tara really does tell us what to expect if you haven't been to one and what a session could look like for you. And definitely some tools if you can't um, find one right now, you can still do uh, like there's technologies and things out there that you can kind (laughs) of navigate through this time.
1: Technology exists. Yeah. and, And one of the approaches that Tara uses, which is very unique and again, not knowing anything is she has a big focus on proactive mental health yes. and things you can do to build good habits so that when crazy things happen, you already have really good routines and really good habits that it doesn't kind of like knock you off your rocker,
0: you know? Absolutely. And I think that is something that everyone should try at some point in their life is seeing a psychologist just to understand those proactive things. Like you just said, preparing your mental state for the unknown, which is, really stressful for a lot of people, especially right now.
1: I get so many news every time we do this podcast.
0: That's why we're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) We're selfish and we just want to learn.
1: Oh, Amazing. Well, I hope everyone enjoys this podcast with Tara. Ash, shall we dive in? Let's do it.
0: We want to welcome Tara Forgeron. She's joining us today all the way from Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Thanks for joining us today, Tara.
2: No problem. My pleasure.
0: We're happy we connected a few weeks ago, maybe even more now because I've lost track of what day and what month it is. Time Time is just not on any radar right now but we did have Tara on an Instagram live and that really got Sarah and I thinking uh, more about this topic and we wanted to talk to Tara and uncover a bit more about psychology as a whole and a service and of course more about you and your approach so can you tell us a bit about what you do and who you are
2: yeah. So thanks for having me. Um, I, I was trying to think the other day in terms of the the live as well, and I have no idea now. So you're not alone there. So I'm a registered psychologist here in Nova Scotia, and uh, I've been practicing for about eight years or so, uh, eight, nine years. So we moved, moved uh, back to Cape Breton from Halifax just over two years ago. Um, so at that time, I started my own uh, own psychology practice and private practice here uh, called Terra Forgeron Psychology. And yeah, there's a group of about seven of us now, um, some psychologists and social workers, so we offer counseling and assessment services um, to people here in the area. And we have a few clients in various areas of Nova Scotia as well. And yeah, it's, uh, we, we take more of a wellness-based approach. So we really like to look at um, and encourage people who are struggling with mental health disorders, but who aren't struggling as well to come forward and really to look at, um, at taking a proactive approach to their mental health big myth out there that people that go to see psychologists or therapists in general are really struggling um, and suffering and absolutely they can be and we are a hundred percent there for people who are are struggling with mental health disorders but I think that uh, it's trying to encourage people as well to reach out in a more proactive sense just like they would with their physical health so it's it's a lot easier when we if someone's in relatively decent shape for instance um, physically if they start jogging or going to the gym they're not going to have as any aches and pains or um, tweaks and, and you know, weight on the knees, that sort of thing. So it's a lot easier to get going with that, for instance, than if they waited and they are um, diagnosed as being clinically obese or really overweight. It's it's absolutely a great time then, as long as they're approved, to, to get going with that physically. But it's a lot harder, that's for sure. And so the same kind of approach um, is, is the way that I look at things from a mental health perspective. We're kind of, we're good as a society to understand that from a physical health perspective, but not quite as good mentally. Um, We kind of just cross our fingers and hope that our mental health is going to be okay. For the most part, that's kind of the approach that we've all taken um, over the past number of years. And so we really like to promote that, uh, people start to come in simply as a way to help manage stress or, um, even if they're not having any issues at all and they simply want to feel really great in their lives or better. Um, it's a great time to, to come in and, and talk with someone about how to do that.
3: So it sounds like you guys kind of actually help people develop good habits and like mm-hmm. mental health habits. Is that kind of the Absolutely. idea?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talk about that of of habits now, and they're they're really important within people's lives as well. So it's uh, it is that for sure, because I think there's there's a lot of habits that we do. I mean, the very nature of habits is that we can do many of them um, automatically without really thinking of it. And so we're trying to really apply that in terms of more positive ones and layering on positive habits as well. So looking at what we do on an automatic basis within our lives, how can we look at how can we look at bringing in some um, you know. Proactive approaches, meditation, or exercise—different things like that. Reframing thoughts, that
3: sort of thing. Ooh, the thought reframing. Okay. Dr. Mal talked to us about that.
0: Oh, did she? Okay,
2: yeah.
3: We'd never heard of it, or I hadn't, anyways. Ash, I don't know. You. Might it seems so
0: obvious, but when you actually think about it, it does affect everything you do—the way you're kind of thinking in that whole mindset. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is resonating with me so much because. I was at um, a work conference boot camp type of thing, and I remember the wellness coach that they had to come in and talk to the group was talking about how you should be more proactive with your health care as far as wellness and well being. For example, don't just book massages or appointments when you've really hurt your back or you've hurt something, just have them pre-book throughout the mm-hmm. year and do yourself that favor to take care of yourself. But I think we always leave things, like you said, if you're getting a diagnosis or you're having <laughs> a, a mental breakdown and you think, oh my oh, God, gosh. I need someone. Yeah. But if you've already maybe been working proactively with someone, you may be more equipped to to handle those circumstances when they come your way.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And to recognize them a lot better as well. So I'm sure we've all had the experience. I certainly have myself and I, I teach this, this stuff and practice on, on a day to day basis. But where we look back at, you know, a year ago, or however many years ago, or even a few months ago, and we're like, Oh, my God, I was really stressed at that time. And I didn't even see it, basically. And so if we are Implementing a more proactive or positive approach to psychology or mental health in general, we are able to spot that a lot easier as it's going on because we're checking in um, to see how we're doing every once in a while. And I mean, how often do we do that? Do we just sit with ourselves and say, How am I doing? <laughs> it totally. sounds a little bit funny, but um, again, we do this on a regular basis with our physical health, maybe to an extreme, because many people have, you know, society, we've become a little bit obsessed with it to a degree, um, with appearance and that sort of thing. But from a mental health approach, again, we don't really take that time to ask ourselves how we're doing. We might do it with friends and, and check in on them, but we, we have to start putting ourselves first. And I think prioritizing our own mental wellness in that way.
3: One of the things that one of my mentors started working on with me, which was super impactful this year is actually my negative cycle. So, I, you, we tend to spend a lot of time figuring out how our strengths are magnified and how to tap into those. And so, I do a lot of work with him on like getting to this flow state. But one of the things that's been very impactful the last month or two is actually realizing when I'm in a negative flow state. And mm-hmm. so how I start behaving and the blockers that will come up in my work. And mm-hmm. that's been huge just to even help me recognize like, oh wait, I need to sit down and really tune into like what's going on mentally. Cause I'm in this, like sp- this bad routine.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And it's all about that. And and I, I practice a lot of mindfulness and teach that with clients as well. And it sounds like that's really similar to what you're doing. Anyways, it's just, you know, it's a fancy term for bringing in awareness to where we are and where our thoughts are, basically. So it's any any way that we can create that awareness around, like you said, when we're in a negative space, especially you know, what caused me to get into this? What was that, what was that cycle like? How did this start off? Um, what are some of the patterns that came on in this time? And then just as important as how can I get out of this? And I, it's important to know that particularly if people are feeling, um, like they're in a funk or a bit of a depressive state as well, is that you may not feel like implementing the practices to get out of it, right? Mm. Because it's, it's so different from how they're feeling in that time set or how, or how we're feeling in that time. So, um, a lot of times we know what we should do to get out of that space, but don't really feel like doing it. Um, mm. So, you know, then, then there comes the importance in, in bringing in our, why, why do we need to get out of this space? Why is that important to us? And that can help give us a little, a little boost of motivation at that time too. That's
0: awesome. So interesting. So if someone wants to come in and start seeing you and they want to just better themselves for whatever reason, or they just hear this podcast and they think I want to talk to a psychologist. What actually happens in terms of not coming in, focusing on a certain circumstance or, or, or a tragedy or anything, if you just want to come in, like how does someone actually even open that door? Because it might be a bit scary for people to take that step to book.
2: It is. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it's it's really interesting. Even if I'm working with people for a while and they've essentially met their treatment goals or we've kind of worked through the issue, it's again, it speaks to how people view psychology, I think, within our society, because they'll I'll see them become a little bit awkward and they'll basically say is that they want to continue coming, but they they feel bad taking that space away from someone else, or they, you know, they feel good now they've met their treatment goals, that sort of thing. So I think it's a, and I always really encourage them that it's it's wonderful that they want to keep going at that time. And again, it's, Um, If, if someone's in that position where they want to book an appointment, I would, you know, they can be completely upfront with the psychologist. And I think it'll be music to the psychologist's ears is that they don't necessarily have, you know, a particular stressful instance that they're going through, but want to come on a proactive basis. And so what, what I usually do within that, um, within that instance is really look at Essentially, where they want to be, so their ideal life, their desired life, um, and we get you know down into the nitty gritty of that, um, writing out their values, that sort of thing, and then looking at where they are now and what are some actions or what are some behavior that can help them align better with that. So, what I would say is you know simply book an appointment and then maybe even do a little work either during the appointment with the psychologist on how you want to feel. I think it all comes down to that, how you want to feel on a day-to-day basis, letting them know that, communicating that to them, but making a few notes as well in terms of if you could, if you could have your ideal life and not necessarily in a materialistic way, but in terms of how you want to wake up um, energy wise, that sort of thing, just to give that a little bit
3: of thought. Very cool. Can I ask a very basic question? Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between going to see a psychologist, a therapist, because there's different levels of accreditation, or psychiatrists. Like, I'm, I'm not clear on really some of those differences and when you might go see one versus another.
2: Yeah, good question. So psychiatrist, um, is essentially a doctor who has gone through medical school training first, it's a, yeah. the, the general four year program, and then they've specialized in psychiatry after that. So what they do primarily is medication management, um, So you would go see a psychiatrist, family doctors can still prescribe medication as well, but psychiatrists have more specific training within it. And so someone would go see a psychiatrist if they wanted a mental health um, consultation more from that medication perspective, if they were interested in that. they don't typically do much of the therapy piece. So that's where we would come in. Um, So we would do our undergrad degree and then um, either a master's and or a PhD in psychology. Um, or a PsyD, so they don't need to know all the the differences there, it gets a little messy, but um, essentially graduate school training in psychology in terms of um, how to diagnose people, do assessments, and then the actual treatment approach, so the counseling. And then therapists, there's um, social workers, for instance, who we employ here, Um, there's others who have uh, more general counseling degrees, And so the difference between psychologists and um, other therapists, so social worker, for instance, is that we would have the ability to um, provide assessments um, and diagnose if needed, and then the treatment perspective where they're not able to diagnose so they, they would still be able to do the counseling and the treatment there. Um, but if someone came in and, and was, was wondering if they met the criteria, for instance, for a specific um, mood disorder or personality disorder, they wouldn't be able to do that. Um, they'd have to refer both for that.
3: Okay. So then if you are for the first time, like I've never had any therapy session. I don't know yeah. why.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you would love it. <laughs>
3: I don't know that I would. I'm like an incredibly private person sometimes. but but this is what I'm wondering. is like what would be going through my mind that I would be like, maybe I should look into this?
2: Yeah, you in in terms of uh, perhaps wanting to see a psychologist or therapist?
3: Yeah, because I don't because I've never gone in my life, like I don't even know what that trigger would be for me other than if something tragic happened, probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that, and that's okay too. So it's not everyone necessarily needs to take this proactive approach to their mental health in the formal way of going to see a psychologist or therapist. I I'm, you know, just a big proponent in working on ourselves in general. So if you find that, you know, you mentioned even your work with your mentor, if you find that that's really helpful in, in targeting certain thought patterns, um, that sort of thing, if you're, you know, into exercising and doing all these things on a proactive basis, and that feels really good for you, then that's wonderful. So if if people are in the in the same boat, then that's perfectly okay. Um, if they're finding that, I find myself. I'll I'll say this: is <laughs> I find that. I'll share something personal, but if my husband and I are chatting and I'm like, I come home after a long day at work and I've had a hard day and I'm just venting about something and then he'll simply chime in on the conversation and just start to say, you know, yeah, me too. And I get a little bit irritated because I just want space to just talk and have someone just receive what I say. <laughs> and so I think, you know, I, I was, was chatting with him the other day and that kind of happened. I was like, I feel like I need to go see someone right now or just talk to one of my colleagues just so that I can let that land. Um, and let that be heard because he's just having a conversation. And that's kind of how conversations work or friendships or relationships is that there's always that back and forth. So I think yes. that's part of the okay. benefit to the psychologist is that uh, in a selfish way, I wanted to just be able to say what I wanted to say and have someone say that sucks, right? <laughs> yeah. kind awesome. of validate that experience. I didn't necessarily want, it's not always about, advice or guidance um you know that certainly has its place but sometimes it's even just kind of giving the space for those emotions to be there too
3: Ooh, because you know what i feel like i do that with a lot of my anytime all of my ex-boyfriends i apologize to you I but love it. Like, I, I need to just express this, but I don't want them to fix anything. When they come back to me with solutions, I'm like, "Go away."
0: Yes, yes. it and depends on your oh. mood too, how you want to interact in a conversation. But in in the terms of being in a space with a therapist or a psychologist, it's such a safe space because they're obviously you're trained to communicate in such ways, so you know how to handle it. I've See, I I had a psychologist lady that I actually like loved. It was the weirdest thing. And I think Tara, this, and for Sarah, who's never seen one, this is a big part is finding someone you like and connect with. Like I never met this person prior was complete stranger. And I still feel like we had such a a unique connection and a bond Mm -hmm. just by the way we built the relationship up through conversation. And it was the strangest thing. And maybe that Mm. happens for more people than others or, or doesn't, unfortunately for some, but I felt like I could never, I couldn't wait to go and talk to her and see her. And it was just like the most interesting relationship. She took another job and doesn't do it anymore, which I'm very, I was very devastated. I felt like it was a breakup.
2: Yeah, it does. It does feel like that. It can feel really like I
0: need (laughs) you.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) What happens in a therapy session, Tara, or as counseling session? Yeah, because I don't know.
2: Walk us through. Sure. So in the in the first one's a, a bit different than the other. So I'll give a little um, a, a, a brief discussion on both of them. But the first one is basically um, the client does the majority of the talking in that one. And then it would be about 50-50 usually in the others. So within the first session, um, it's basically gaining a background um, from the client in terms of um, any medication they're on, simple things like that, why they came in, spend a lot of time, of course, going over that issue, stresses that are going on in their lives, relationships, um, and then touching in on um, family history, any um any prior any prior therapy experience, childhood lessons, the whole works there, and then um, so it can take oh some God. time. <laughs> it can take some time, that's for sure. Uh, and and some people, you know, we, we spend more time in other areas than um, yeah than others. And then near the end, it really looks at um, a treatment plan. So collaborating together to to think about um, you know, I always say, if we could do the best work together, where would you be at the end of this? You know, in months down the road or however long we want this to last basically. So what would change in your life? Would there be less anxiety? How would you manage stress when that comes up? Um, oh, if it's a relationship, that sort of thing, how would that look? Would it be improving communication, et cetera, et cetera? So we get clear on that. I usually give a little bit of education on, uh, based off of the treatment plan on approaches that we might utilize to, to get there, um, give them some material handouts. And then it's simple logistical piece, but I think it's important to mention is that I'll, I'll usually ask as well if they have any insurance um, and if so, how much they do have just so that we can know um, essentially, h- how many sessions we can have, and then how we would go about spacing them out. So, if someone, for instance, you know, it is pricey. So, if someone only has $500 in insurance, and it very much depends on what they're presenting with as well. So, if they had, you know, moderate anxiety or stress, we would look at okay, the first one is used already. Would we hold the next one in about two or three weeks? And then If someone only has a little insurance, I would probably, I'm usually pretty heavy on the resources that I give in between sessions so that they can do a lot of their own work. Um, And then we can, we can meet back just so we can utilize them the best, the best way that we can. And we try not to have them too close together. So we don't eat up, eat, eat up the insurance money essentially too, too quickly. So there's that. And then the the actual counseling after that, as we, after the initial appointment is we, we simply check in in terms of how their few weeks were, their month, um, if they were given any, you know, mindfulness strategies or things like that to work on, um, asking them how that went. And yeah, it's just a, it's just a fluid, it. it there's a lot of nervousness, I think, around it. Pretty well every client, which is completely understandable, is nervous the first time that they come in, and they usually feel a lot better leaving. We hope so, anyways. But after that, it's it's it really is a fluid conversation in terms of how things how things were and went, and uh, it's it's not quite as scary, I don't think, for the client after that.
0: Yeah, it's nice that you go over that that plan in the beginning so people can kind of space them out and plan accordingly because financially it is difficult for some people to, to to do that so that's that's really nice and Did i you love leave us
3: oh sorry Ash. sorry no as i
0: love the handouts in the books i remember i was just looking on my bookshelf at the happiness project with it, which if people haven't read that i feel like a lot of practices that i talked about with my psychologist at the beginning were wrapped up in a lot of chapters in mm-hmm. that book so mm-hmm. it's nice to have those things to to do as well as you, if you can't get to a psychologist absolutely mm mm-hmm.
3: Mm, That's what I was wondering. Is like when you're leaving these sessions, you're giving kind of ideas or tips or homework or takeaways to actually go back and practice. Is that kind of the amazing?
2: I do anyways. I know that some, most, most do. I think pretty well everyone at this practice does. And then there are some psychologists that are primarily... I won't say Freudian, but they, they focus a little bit more on um, childhood and adolescence and whatnot. And the issues might be there, right? So that's, that's more How
3: relevant is Freud still in psychology today? <laughs> I
2: don't find him very relevant, but
3: <laughs> it's just constantly coming up and it's like the only thing we learned in psychology one-on-one in yeah. university,
2: which is really interesting that so much focus was spent on him. And yeah, yeah, I know.
0: He so, was
3: obviously a defining character,
2: and...
0: or, or it's like a comfort level for people to just keep teaching the same thing.
2: It is, it is. I used to have that reminds me. I used to, you know, there's so much talk about Freudian slips. Um My uh, husband's aunt got me a pair of Freudian slippers <laughs> for graduation one year, so they're like a big amazing, like his
0: face. Office.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a little disturbing, but they're cute. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And of course, if people can't get in to see psychologists, not only is this something you guys offer, but I'm assuming there's a lot of platforms out there that people can hop on and get some treatment virtually and stuff as well, especially during COVID. We can't leave our homes as much.
2: Exactly. And I know that through the, the CPA, which is a Canadian psychological association, there are a lot of psychologists throughout Canada right now offering um, pro bono sessions for people that are on the, the line, in particular frontline workers. Oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah.
2: And so a lot of them um, are offering for, for healthcare in particular, they're obviously all virtual sessions and whatnot. So, so that's there. And if, there are so many great resources online now obviously if i I would always suggest that if people aren't able to um pay in terms of private practice or don't have any insurance um that they go through the community mental health route in nova scotia that can take a really long time unfortunately in cape breton in particular so to that i would say that even if even if it's just a, a thought, like a faraway thought in your mind that you think you would benefit from mental health services, I would say just make the referral or get your physician to make the referral to community mental health because hopefully by the time they're ready for you, you've, you've kind of come around to that. So again, it's just trying to take a bit of a proactive approach because if we wait until we really need the service, especially in public, then there's going to be a really long wait, unfortunately.
3: Hmm. Yeah. What are some of the big differences and like outcomes from working with a psychologist like I like how you talked about you do kind of set a plan so you it sounds like it is goal oriented but are there you know kind of general benefits that everyone experiences or is it totally dependent on what you're going through
2: Yeah, it usually does depend on what you're going through. And I would say some some overall or more general benefits would be um, just a higher well being a better ability to manage stress, um, that sort of thing. But if the reasons that people come in vary so much. So it could be someone that has reached a really low or rock bottom. And so with them, we might be working solely for the first while, simply on reducing depression symptoms and alleviating some of that. And for someone else, they might be coming in um, with a relationship issue or communication. So we're focusing solely on, on those pieces there. So it really depends on what people are coming in for. If, if kind of, um, to, to piggyback on what we were mentioning earlier, people simply think it would be beneficial, but don't really know what they want to work on. Um, then I would just suggest again, looking at what their general goals are for their lives and how they want to feel. And then we can kind of work off of that with, with what they might need.
0: What are some tips right now, Tara, that you could give people, I guess, to manage stress, even just from home or daily practices or anything like that, that they can start doing? Mm.
2: So the the biggest thing it's it's funny I was thinking the other day is that especially during the whole COVID nineteen piece right now there almost seems to be two camps of people. So there's one where they're really talking about, okay, be proactive and productive and you've got to do all of this stuff and make use of your time. And then there's another group of people that are saying just relax and rest. Um, so s- mm-hmm. same goes, I think, for this question is that I would really look at um, first asking, what do I need right now? Um, because both of those those camps essentially or those, those two sides of the coin have great um, points to them. But one day I might really feel like relaxing, um, and resting and rejuvenating or one week. And then the next week I might really feel like, you know, working on things around the home and both of those are okay. Um, not I'm one like of- that. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> as, as you were describing the two camps, I've, I've gone through both and yeah. I keep going back and forth through them.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And You're I think we all do during this time. And so that kind of keeps us hopping back and forth and being on one side of them versus the other. So um, I I would just go back to each and every day asking yourself, okay, what do I need today? And it's so taking
0: that pressure off yourself to think you have to do one or the other, probably.
2: Exactly. exactly yeah.
0: Mm.
2: And a lot of times you know, the answer to what I need or how I want to feel might be different than what we feel like doing. If that makes sense. So if mm-hmm. I wake up and I feel really lethargic and I just don't have any energy and I'm exhausted,
0: there's um... <laughs> laughing. Do you feel that way today?
3: So I will admit to everyone listening. When we we're recording this, I did a bunch of edibles last night <laughs> in celebration of Katie's birthday and like. I've just discovered them. I just decided I like them. But I'm just also realizing that I am groggy after I do them. And I'm like, oh. I don't want to do one today. Your voice sounds today. A bit
0: different today. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I sound so gravelly. Anyways, I'm sorry. For so if everything. you're
0: waking up feeling tired for whatever reason, could be from edibles, then edibles but not. slow down. Outside
3: of edibles, I did wake up like that this week where I was really upset. I was really upset one day this week. And it's the only time this has ever happened to me where I was like, I don't even want to go meditate right now. Like, I'm just so angry.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: So I can yeah. relate to you saying, like, I know the things I have to do. Like, I need yeah. to journal when I feel like that. I need to meditate. I need to go for a walk. I didn't do any of those things. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's that's the hard part is, that, you know, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know what we should do sometimes. But it's that doing. That's the really hard piece for sure. But, yeah, to that I would say is that it's not you know, in terms of tools and tips and tricks that people can do. Absolutely. There's so many, you know, different meditation apps out there now. Um, So just to name a few, there's Headspace, which is awesome. I have one called 10% Happier that I love. Um, There's one called Calm. Um, So there's different things like that. And, you know, YouTube videos on yoga and that sort of thing. But again, I would kind of get back to just checking in with what do I need? Um, or how do I want to feel? Basically, I like, how do I want to feel? And so again, if I wake up really lethargic, then the answer to that might be, I want to feel energetic and I want to feel, you know, joyful. Um, and then the the follow-up question I would ask is what do I need to feel a little bit closer to that? So it doesn't necessarily need to be, I'm going to go run 10 K if I, you know, Mm -hmm. if that's not realistic for how I'm feeling that day, but how can I break that back a little bit, um, to do something that might be a little bit easier, but still aligned with that, uh, still aligned with that. And so if you're thinking about in, if you're thinking about all those things that you know you should be doing, but you're having, like you're mentioning Sarah, you're having trouble like getting there, just don't want to, <laughs> that's okay too. You can simply give yourself permission to have one of those days, just be real with yourself about how that is going to feel for yourself, right? When, it, when seven o'clock tonight rolls around, am I going to feel like a bag of shit or am I going to, am I going to be okay with that? And so the answer is really going to depend on, um, you know, your your self-compassion and what you allow what you allow yourself to feel um but i i i always try to to encourage clients to to just do something yeah
3: i'm just connecting the dots between me doing edibles and then all of a sudden having no ability to do anything so (laughs) it might be more to do with that
0: So you're creating I like that some approach. mindfulness, right? <laughs> I like that approach. So I think the same way about food sometimes. Like, oh, if I do eat these two pieces of cake or this extra pizza, am I going to care in a couple hours? I'm like, no, not going to care. So I'm going to eat it. But <laughs> so
3: if it doesn't true.
0: You, then yeah. you know, oh, I'll be mad or I'll be upset because I was eating so healthy. Absolutely. Then it is good. Again, it's that mindfulness mm-hmm. thing. Like mm-hmm. thinking before you necessarily take the steps to doing, I think is like yeah. a big, big piece. And I think Mm -hmm.
2: it's okay as well. And and we almost need those days too, Sarah, that you're talking about where it's like, you know, you were even clear on what you should do and you didn't do it. I feel like we need those days just to feel a bit shitty at the end of them so that our brain starts to put it together for the next time we feel like that. It's like, okay, I felt horrible that whole day. I'm going to go for even a walk if I can't get over a run, that sort of thing.
3: Well, and even that, like the thing that switched it for me, it was like, I'm really happy and A lot that's going on in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I've been feeling in this super great, like thriving state that I was almost just more pissed off at the fact that I had a shitty day when I had so much other stuff I was like excited to focus on. Mm -hmm. And that was like very helpful. Yeah. Cause I was just like, well now I'm pissed that I'm angry. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like this. Like there's stuff I want to do. And And it does make you kind of get up.
2: It does, and what you said, it's so funny because we all do that, but isn't it isn't it kind of ironic or funny that we get angry that we're angry, right? Like, can I just have the anger and be okay with that too, right? Um, yeah,
0: that would be normal. Maybe that I don't That was Clearly one of the first things I learned too from one of my sessions is like happiness is an emotion. Anger is an emotion. You're not going to be able to be happy all the time. You can't be angry all the time. Like those are just emotions and mm-hmm. just they are what they are. I think people focus a lot on wanting just to be happy, but you can't be happy all the time. You just can't be.
2: No, absolutely. I, I it would be lovely if we could, but you know, I think the the whole piece around creating, you know, joy and meaning and love within our lives. I think there's a big myth that people have um, or that they hold where they think that i have to get rid of you know the anxiety or the sadness or whatever it is to feel happy or to feel joy which is is you know kind of relating to what you're what you're stating there is that it's just that acceptance of all these all these are emotions totally. it doesn't mean that this is who i am it doesn't mean that i am just because i'm having an experience of anxiety right now doesn't mean that i am I'm anxious or have, you know, have anxiety. So we use that terminology all the time. And I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, but in saying I have anxiety or I have depression or I have whatever that might be versus here's a feeling of anxiety. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a really big difference in our body and in our mind in terms of how we digest that.
3: Yeah. That feels so nice. Actually, when you're saying that I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. And I think that would have been so helpful for me to think about on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day (laughs) I was filled with fury, (laughs) just being able to accept that emotion because it's so rare and just being, and actually being okay with feeling that way for that day. Mm, That's so powerful. I
0: think also telling yourself, this won't last forever. This is going to be over tomorrow. I'll feel better, which is hard when you're in it. Like you said earlier, Tara, sometimes you kind of get wrapped up and you don't think there's any way out or you don't think that anything's going to help, but it's that mindset thing, like Sarah mentioned earlier, that Dr. Mal said, just telling yourself it's okay or this will go away. It sounds crazy. So anyone listening and thinks that that is just seems too easy, it does work. Say it out loud, say it in your head, just just try it. Absolutely.
3: And that reframe thing that Dr. Yes. Mal talked about, yes. like this is what I was doing on Tuesday. I was like clearly spiraling into the most angry state of what I think could have <laughs> happened in these turn of events. And then I was like, okay... <laughs> I don't actually believe that this happened. What is the opposite end of the spectrum? And I tried to go through that exercise and I got about halfway through it, but it was so powerful to just see like what your mind is capable of Mm -hmm. and like what stories you tell yourself that affect your mood. And yes, holy crap. It's so Mm -hmm.
2: true. And if you're able to step in and say, what story am I telling myself right now? Right. Um, And sometimes Mm -hmm. when we're angry we're pissed off and we don't want to do that. Right. (laughs) you know, if you're anything like me, but I would say just to try to go through those motions and the whole normalizing any experience that we have helps so much. And I, I'm always quick to distinguish between minimizing and normalizing. So when I'm talking about anxiety, for instance, I'm not just saying that we say, okay, you know, we all experience that get over it kind of mentality. Mm. Um, but because that's very minimizing but can we normalize those experiences that we have where we we kind of say okay you know here's an experience of of you know, anger. I'm I'm pissed off right now, and that's okay. We we all experience this. It's a completely normal human emotion, and so that feels very different than trying to push away the anger and not be angry, and then just getting more pissed off anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just playing around with the wording sometimes of like it's it's okay that I'm feeling this way right now, and here's an experience of this feeling versus I am anxious or I am you know angry, whatever it is, because it's not. You know, I I saw this meme on Instagram probably years ago now, but it's basically um, the I am fat versus I have fat. It's I have nails as well, but I am not nails. Right. So it's the same kind of same kind of mentality. So just because we have an experience of something doesn't mean that we are it. It's just a piece of what we're going through.
3: I like that. I am not an enraged human. (laughs) (laughs) You're <laughs> just having an experience. I was just angry for a few hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be angry.
3: Yeah. No, it's just such an out of touch emotion for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, this has been so awesome, Tara. Thank you so much for all these amazing pieces of information and, and tips.
2: My pleasure. It
0: was fun. So fun.
3: This has been great. And nice to to those kind of reminders of accepting our feelings reframing things
0: mm-hmm.
3: meditating
0: mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah especially now we can all we can all use that because it's so easy to get wrapped up in our thoughts and start to go down the rabbit hole
0: yeah 100 percent. sarah and i talk really recently more so about meditation or journaling and writing mm-hmm. and i think that sarah gifted me the five minute journal i know we've mm-hmm. mentioned it before but If anyone doesn't know where to start, even journaling or writing, just pick up that book, order it online because it's the easiest way. It's all spelled out and um, it does make you feel better about kind of your daily approach and stuff. So we're big fans.
3: Is there anything you're doing while you're at home, Tara, to take care of your
2: mental well-being proactively? (laughs) I'm Mm -hmm. running a lot um, to get away from the kids, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of it. It's so funny. My husband actually started running, but that is completely the only reason why.
0: <laughs> but, it, but
2: it's turned into such a habit for him as well, which is so cool to see that he loves right now. So he, we literally started going for runs every single day. I was running anyways, but really amped it up just because we were both just back and forth with, you know, kids and work and didn't really have any me time. So even if we were exhausted, it was like, okay, I'm going to go out for a run because I, uh, you know, I'm going to have some rage soon. So (laughs) experience that. So um, I've been running a lot, some meditation, but I, I, right now, I kind of go through phases with meditation where I'm either all in for a formal sit down practice, um, or, and I'm not doing that as much right now, or I'm just bringing in mindfulness basically to different things that I'm doing. So when I'm cooking, I'm cooking and I'm chopping the onion and aware of, um, you know, Mm. putting that into the pan, just all kind of bringing those senses into Graham myself. So that's it. And yeah, just trying to, trying to enjoy some, some time at, at home. Um, Without, uh, yeah, <laughs> while also getting out of the home when I can because too much is, uh, I know my limits So,
0: yeah, you're not alone. Some <laughs> yeah. other mom friends that we have have been saying the same thing that it, it is hard, of course, to have kids at this time because you can't just run to the grocery store, go meet your friend for lunch or a drink and have your own time because going to the grocery store isn't that pleasurable anymore. It's a bit not of a get out. in and get out,
2: yeah, exactly.
3: Totally. All right. So it's one of our favorite times of the show. <laughs> Tara, we're going to play Westie Graham's. It's okay. real simple. It's a made up game. And normally we would play in person, but mm-hmm. we're on the virtual edition. So it's very easy. All you do is pick a number between one and 85 and mm-hmm. we'll go around the table and I'll answer one.
2: Okay. Um, 20.
3: All right. You have a child and they poop in the tub. How do you get it out? <laughs> this is a great <laughs> question for you. <laughs> I love this one. Tara, this is your Will question. I answer first? Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> this is like, yeah, I, interestingly, this has never happened to me yet. And Ben is almost born. Yeah. And Mia, what is she? Seven months now. Um, how would I get it out? It depends, I guess, if it's like fully formed or. more <laughs> <laughs> liquid. <laughs> so I'm going to go with an easier one and say that it's been and it's fully formed. I would probably just put a, a wipe around my hand and then or a glove on my hand and then grab it and plop
3: it in the toilet. <laughs> Smart, <we> practical.
0: <laughs> Amazing. I, don't know I, think what it's, are- I feel like I'd use like some type of cup or something
3: i would not be using a cup I'm like a, I plastic guess a solo cup, cup and yeah that's yeah. what i'm
0: picturing like yeah. a plastic cup.
3: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> amazing ashley would you like to pick a number
0: let's do 76
3: 76
0: and i do not as a disclaimer i do not know what numbers are attached to which which question
3: <laughs> you're not gonna like this one really uh Tell well, anyone. no, you'll be fine. It <laughs> says morning or night sex. You don't have to elaborate. You just have to answer. Either. Either.
0: Yeah. Mostly night. I would say probably.
3: I'm an either person
0: Yeah,
3: I'm with you. Picking. Tara, you can answer or not <laughs> answer. It's all up <laughs> <other> to you. <laughs> well,
2: with kids it's different, but I'd say morning usually. That's mm-hmm. lovely. Yeah.
3: I'm going to do 81 which is if you could date any celebrity, who would it be? We can all answer this one. It's lovely. Mm, that's a good one. I am really into Richard Madden right now. Like my celebrity crushes, I don't have many, and here's who they all are. <laughs> Richard Madden. I'm, I'm weirdly into Andy Samberg because I just think he's funny. He's
2: <laughs> cute. Like,
0: like and he's Sam- so
3: goofy looking.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I love it.
3: Those are my two that I would I love just, to do. I
0: just had to Google Richard Madden. I, I know who he is, but I didn't put the name to the face. Who
2: is He's, he?
3: What is he in? He was in Game of Thrones. He was, he oh, was Robb okay. Snow. Yeah.
2: No, okay. that's I, not I true. That's I true. No. He was not, not <laughs> Robb
3: Stark. <laughs> okay. I was smashing Robb Stark and Jon Snow. No?
0: Yeah. Okay. No. Star. <laughs> Robb Stark. He's very handsome.
3: But he gets way hotter after Game of Thrones.
0: Hmm. Ooh. I like that. I don't know who mine would be. I'm I'm always a big Ryan Gosling fan. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. I just, he really does it for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love, it's funny. I was thinking about this on the way over for whatever reason, but um, I love Colin Yost from Saturday Night Live what is that, is that? His last name is it j he's
0: very funny
2: i know but he's so cute like his smile just goes to his ears he's so he's cute.
0: dated some celebrities i think or, he's, does, he he H- or Man. H- that's right yeah he's funny he does the when there's a two and they do but like the news kind no, of i can't think of it. what that's called
2: yeah a I
3: newscaster i know who you're talking about oh he is cute
2: isn't he cute i think he's adorable <laughs> But course, again, the weekend
0: I- update is what they do.
2: Yes, that's yeah. what it is. And I also just watched and finished Jane the Virgin, that show. I love it. And I do love, God, what's his name in real life now? Justin, I don't know, uh, Justin Baldoni. He plays Raphael in Jane the Virgin, and he's such a little hippie in real life. And I love him. <laughs> <laughs> he's sweet. So-
3: I love this. I feel like this is an excellent wellness and mindfulness game as well. (laughs) Just pick out your celebrity
0: crushes. (laughs) I love
3: it. Girl chat. Well, Tara, thank you so much. This has been for me, as someone not familiar with like a therapy session or counseling session, just eye-opening and kind of insightful to think about it from a proactive standpoint.
2: Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Thanks for having me on. Hi all. It's Sarah
1: thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did enjoy it, please subscribe and leave us a review. We would love that. And if you're feeling super generous, you can also share this episode with a friend. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at rivalandqueen at gmail.com and definitely chat with us through social or at rivalandqueen. All right, that's it. We love you guys. Thanks.